So hello everyone, I hope you're doing well. So uh, today is going to be uh, different from the previous time. Uh, as I requested from you to ask, uh, ask us questions uh, that, that don't fall into the, the cycle of personal questions in order for us to answer them in, the, 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 in an episode, in a podcast. So uh, you still have, I still have uh, the, my previous guest from the previous episode, Depressed, that I request from you to listen to uh, if, you, if you haven't and share it with your friends as well. So uh, my usual guest is Mr. Bashir. So we're going to get into it straight away. So the first question is Mr. Bashir to answer is how did, how do you define success? Hello everyone, and uh, thank you very much for having me again, and I think um, today is going to be uh, a bit different as you said. And so as, a, as an answer to the first question, I, I believe success is defined in, in so many ways, but the one I think resonates with me the most is that success is uh, failing over and over again, but not giving up, that is, keeping up trying until because it only has to, to work one time mm-hmm. and so come to think of it you you'll find a lot of people out there that actually try things and, and then they just get tired of, of trying because it's not working and so they change the objective and that's not something I totally agree with because we don't change our objectives or goals we change the way we go about them mm-hmm. in other words uh, you have to ke- keep chasing your goal this is for, for what i believe success is all about it's about you maintaining being consistent you know, yes. never actually losing sight of what you want to have in life and then there are a lot of people who probably would define success by uh, the amount of things you have you own the, uh, i don't know uh, how big the number that you have is in in your bank account and that's still it's uh, th- those numbers keep track of how successful you are yes. at the end of the day you know financially or otherwise but then I, I believe that it, it shouldn't be regarded as, as such because that number will come anyways mm-hmm. in, in the future. If you really are true and honest to your values and principles and, and you understand that you are um, here for a certain for a purpose mm-hmm. and that purpose is for you to actually grow and how else can a person grow if not if, 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 it, if it's not for them trying over and over again to overcome their, their challenges. I believe there's a, there's a really good example that I, someone I've, I've heard talk about, and it's, uh, I think it's an, it's an animal that lives somewhere. Well, I'm, I'm gonna have to speak the, skip this, uh, this, this example, but the concept of the example is, I can't leave you without an answer. <laughs> The concept of the example is that there's this animal that lives in a shell, mm-hmm. and as it grows, it, it the snail. Oh yeah. Yes, I just got it. So the snail grows, uh, grows into its shell, and at some point, it's just too big for the shell. So what it does, it, it breaks the shell because mm-hmm. the shell would be very, very yes, it prevents it from growing, and so it breaks it, and then and then develops a different shell that's that's as big as 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 the snail is. And then, and, that, and the process continues. You see, the more the snail grows, the, 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 the shell gets tighter, and, mm-hmm. and therefore the snail has to break it again, and yes. then 
you know, get bigger and bigger and bigger. And so, which uh, testifies to the truth that we are tested by challenges. And so, it doesn't matter how many challenges you have in between you and, and your goals, that is, that define your success. You keep going at them, you keep punching at them, you know, until you, you just get there. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what success is, is keeping up, you know, getting stronger, uh, get, getting as strong, getting to a certain strength where it does not matter how hard life is, you know, because mm-hmm. you're getting stronger. So the stronger you get, the easier life gets. And I think that's a, the concept of success. Success is when you overcome life, when you get stronger than life. I see. Well, I always associated success to uh, being satisfied, to satisfaction and so on. Because it's a really huge concept. Uh, it's, it's, it's extremely huge that as people we can't really reach or achieve easily. So whenever I feel satisfied about myself or I'm satisfied about what I accomplished or I'm in the process of accomplishing, I feel that I'm successful. Because to, to I mean, to tame the desires inside from chasing things continuously and the, the fact that we are greedy as people the more we chase the more we want the more we chase the more we want when i tame the beast inside or the brood inside i feel that i have control over my own desires and i feel more focused and when i'm satisfied i feel more success because i came over I, I defeated my own desires to one of them is greed because I like to accomplish, but then I need to know when to accomplish. So I need to regulate my the ratio of my accomplishments or the process of accomplishing something. And the fact that I manage to control, have control over my own desires, is the biggest accomplishment ever. Not only success, but other desires. Let's say the gratitude, gratification, for example, spending money, things like that. If I control this, I consider myself to be really successful. And I've learned that the, the, in the best way possible, that when I lose something, that the thing I lost becomes more valuable than when I had it. And it's, it's, a, it's a hard lesson as humans we learn, is that we, when we lose something, we lose someone, it becomes more, we, we become more attached to it than when we had it before. So this is my understanding of success. Probably it's one of the aspects of success, but then, yeah. As I, as I mentioned previously, I think it's, it's valid to think about it like that. It's just what you're doing in here is that you, you, you're breaking down the big goals into little ones. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, it has been suggested from um, a lot of Market successful, managers. yes, marketers, successful businessmen. And I think in the Napoleon Hill, in his book, The Richest Man in Babylon, suggests yeah, this concept. And he says, if you have a greater goal and, and you feel it is too challenging for you to achieve it, you break it down into little small tasks and, and you be happy about achieving them and, and, yes. and at some point you're gonna defeat the the big odds. The, the big odds. Yes. I wanted to say something else but it wouldn't be it wouldn't it wouldn't be appropriate. But that's it. It's a, it's I think it's a sound way of, of thinking, you know, if you look at it like that. But again it falls into the same understanding or the sound the same concept of never given up because when, when you're trying to satisfy yourself through achieving micro micro goals or, or macro goals, I think it's a, it's, a, it's a pretty good one depending on how one sees. Yes. And I think it all goes back to uh, your, your outlook on life and, and success for that matter. 
However, there is, there is something I, I really, that you inspired a question, not a question, but I have more of a, a statement. And this statement says, satisfaction is the death of desire. Mm -hmm. And so sometimes it's better to long for things than, than to actually have them. Sure. Keep, keeps you fired up, keeps you motivated, and keeps you alive. And, and so what would you say to such a thing? I, I agree in a way, yes, it keeps you chased. I mean, it keeps you in the tr track of chasing things. So yeah, it's, if it's healthy desire, yes, total. No, no. Yeah. No. Even even uh, other desires, that is. You see, you, you feel like you you desire stuff for so long, and then once you have them, you toy with them a little bit. You know, you enjoy them for quite a while, and then you're probably satisfied for a couple of seconds, couple of minutes, couple of months, and then once you're done with them, it's it's just no longer desired, and, and therefore that's when the need for something else comes yes. in. I see, I see men more blinded, blinded by desire. Men. Yes. Because, I think because they're hunters. Well, but this is quite, I think it's the topic for the next, probably, yes. podcast, talking <laughs> yes. about men and their sapphic tendencies, maybe. Yeah. Right. Interesting. So the next question, I don't know if it's how did you or how do you. It's how did you. All right. How did you overcome shyness? Were you shy before? I believe I was. When I was very young, and I was in, I, I, before I turned 10 or 11, I think. Uh, and I believe shyness is not something you just take on, you know, challenge. It's not, because it, it comes with, it's yes. something you come with. And I think it's force of habit. Mm -hmm. I think, again, we go back to talking about challenging yourself into, which you put yourself, you find your struggles, find your discomfort, and make sure you, you no longer feel the same about it. That is, if, I'm, if, if I feel shy talking to people, then I, I need to start talking to people, feeling comfortable yes. for a while, and then probably get the hang of it, and then it no longer is a problem for me. It takes mm -hmm. time, though, but, uh, but it's gonna pass if, if you actually, so it's, it's, I think it's consistency and persistence and how much you desire to actually get over shyness. Because when you just are entitled to it, when you're, you're a victim of a certain trait that you have that you were born with, maybe, or was developed throughout your, 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 your upbringing. I think uh, that, that will put you in a spot where you you're no longer have control over what you can and can't do. And, and, and so I think people first should be aware of why they're, they're, they're shy. I mean, what is it that makes them feel shy? And then they just put themselves in situations where they feel the most shy and, 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 and feel uncomfortable with it for a while. They need to get comfortable with feeling uncomfortable. I think mm -hmm. that's, that's the wisdom. I see. That's interesting. This is, reminds me of a concept I wrote about in my book. It's called The Child. Uh -huh. So the child as a concept is that inside our conscious state, there is a child that grows with us. Uh -huh. So people who are shy, and people who have morals, their child is more alive than other people's child. I see. So, for example, uh, if, if, if I'm still shy, I'm 26, for example, I'm still shy. It means the child inside of has me grown. Is, has grown, hasn't grown yet to overcome that as, a, as an obstacle. So, uh, the, the, the way you overcome shyness does not really depend on how systematic systems or mechanisms. It doesn't depend on this. Because everyone has their own way of speaking, their own way of mm -hmm. behaving, behave, behavior and their own way of dealing with, with others. I see. So how to overcome shyness depends on how you, how you visualize yourself 
outside of the range of shyness itself. You need to visualize yourself outside of the box of shyness. If shyness is an obstacle, you need to see yourself outside of it. How are you going to behave differently? And you behaving differently, how is it going to be beneficial for you? So you need to, this is going to make it, this is going to leverage the overcoming shyness, make it, make it a lot easier. But then it happens by visualizing. I don't know if you agree with me or not, but this is how I overcame it because I used to ask myself questions. Why, why do I need to overcome shyness? Because I was really comfortable being shy. But then I decided, I answered my own question. I need to overcome shyness because a lot of people are making it easier. I mean, they're doing jobs easier, but I'm not. But I'm better. I know I have something additional that I can provide yes. to the plate. But then I'm not doing it because this there is a wall between me and the job I do. You see, totally, totally yeah. motivated by what you want to do. And then he comes back to the first question: setting goals. Because if you don't have goals and you don't have a schedule, you don't time them. At, at some point, anything about you that you don't, you do not uh, say like the most, uh, that is gonna stay there and probably even grow proportionally. Yes. So you, you have to tend to it as soon as possible and and, and, and get it over with. This is one of the system to visualize yourself outside of the outside of shyness. But again, you know, imagining stuff in your head and. and actually getting get to them is, is quite a challenge and this is why it is called a challenge you know take it on you know mm -hmm. take it on and, and feel uncomfortable for a while I, I think the most the biggest challenge for people is discomfort it's not it's it's not shyness or anything it's discomfort feeling uncomfortable with yes. stuff and once they get comfortable with feeling uncomfortable it's it's what it is you know people go to the gym for example does it is it is it is there any pleasure in the gym? There's no pleasure. There's, there's hurt. You know, people get hurt severely. Oh, right. yes. But then that's what gets them to grow muscle. And, and I think that's, that's what it is. You've got to grow your, your openness or your, your outgoingness muscle by training that muscle. And, and the only way you're going to train that is by actually going into positions where the muscle gets to, 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 to go through yeah, action, yeah. if you know what I'm saying. So if you're shy, you need to grow. Yes, you need to interact. You need to interact more with people and, and, and places and situations where your shyness gets really challenged. And I think if you do it over ten times or fifteen times or twenty, at some point you're you're just shyness is is, is just a a memory. Mm -hmm. You know. All right. <coughs> on to the third question. Why do you think people hate? This is a really interesting question. I like mm. to thank the person who suggested this question. This is very good. Very. Good. I, I would. I would like you to start first this time. All right. So, <laughs> why do you think people hate? Um, I believe it comes to the essence of our own existence. Is that we have an emotional system that is that contains uh, many constituents that we can't manage. So, one of them is hate, envy. Let's say violence, aggressiveness, mm -hmm. and so on. So the way we project ourselves onto others dictates how we are living our lives or how we choose to live our life. So if we choose to hate instead of love, it means we are kind of having an internal conflict with ourselves. We hate something about ourselves, so we choose to hate. And hate is the easier exit ever anyone can have instead of love. Because love takes effort and it takes too many ingredients for it to actually be sane and blossom. delicious and blossom 
Thank you for the word. So this is how we, how it goes. It goes as a really easier device to implement and turn on and manage. Love is on the opposite, is, is not manageable because I compare those who love others as insane because it's not something we can control. It, it happens that way and it bursts. It's a kind of a compilation of energy that bursts outside of the, the cup. So this is how I see it. Go, Mr. Best. Pretty interesting, yes. Okay. I don't know. I, I mean, there's a theory that dictates that hate comes from a, um, a lot of anger. Mm -hmm. And a lot of anger is generated through a lot of hurt. Or it comes, it roots out from a lot mm -hmm. of hurt. And so generally people are hurt by something. Mm -hmm. and, and when they're hurt severely, when they are hurt more than they can, they can, they, they can control or they can take, they, they get angry. They get very violent. And when they get very violent and that does not work either, they get promoted to hating. And then so they start hating people. And so it, it is the result of not being able to find a solution to something that, that hurt you once. Mm -hmm. and so people tend to hate others who, for example, have what they don't. Mm -hmm. no, this is really common. See, they, they have what they don't. And they don't hate them because it's envy. But they hate them. They, they wish they never... Envy is, is I think it's a cousin of, of hate, or it's the manifestation of hate. I call it a psychological outlet. Yes, but, well, it's a manifestation of hate, you see? It manifests hate in a, in a way. And we're like, why does he have that and, and, and I don't? I hope he doesn't have it. There's a mm -hmm. difference between I hope I have the same, or I hope he doesn't have yeah, it, yeah. right? I don't want to talk to that guy, I hate him. So you hate him, why? Or I don't want to talk to that girl, I hate her. And so you, you find that if you dig deeper with questions, you find that the person says the word, uses the or utilizes the word hate because they were once either hurt by the person or they, they're hurt by the fact that they don't have the possibility that, to interact with that person or to have what that person has. Or, so mainly it starts from the inside. It's a reflection of uh, not being able to accept certain lacks, certain certain stuff with a certain deficiency with ourselves and, and so it's reflected on the outside mm -hmm. so as you you called it it's a it's an outlet what outlet you psychological psychological outlet, outlet. one of the cycle the many psychological outlets and so i think that's why people hate and uh, and, and I, don't, I don't see any other reason why people hate uh other than being hurt i yes. think people are Do deeply you think they are not understood as people I believe so because uh, a lot of people label they, they don't understand these uh, reactions you know mm -hmm. these these behaviors and, and you see when people gets to the because hate and love they're all results of, of so many so many and under underlying uh, factors yes and one of the factors that, that uh, leads to hate is definitely definitely being either mentally or emotionally or physically hurt that's a like why do so many kids hate their parents when they grow yes you see, so it's, they don't hate them because it's, they, they have what they don't. They don't hate them because they are what they aren't. Yes. Uh, they just hate them because they hurt them. Somehow. Sure, yes. So I think there are types of hate too. You know, yeah, yeah. A, I, I think it goes in degrees, but it always goes back to, it always roots out of, 
uh, hurt. So it, it, it comes from there. I mean, it, there's no other place hate comes from. I see. I believe yeah, so. That's, that's what I believe in. All right, so should we go to the next question? How to express opinions eloquently? Eloquently. Opinions. Uh, this is a very controversial area too, you know. Most of the people are opinionated and, and they don't actually have honest questions, you know. And, and they don't have honest openness to, mm -hmm. to, to negotiate, to, to discuss, to debate. And so I, I feel like a lot of people, based on the day-to-day the -day experiences and their day-to-day -day interaction with the people, you find that a lot of people come with their opinions, you know, their preset. And so they come debate you or talk to you about stuff they, they already believe are true. And there's no openness actually to, yes. to, to, to stretch out of there. And so to actually express your opinion eloquently, I think you should consider the topic consider the other person's angle because if you're expressing the opinion there's a goal you know there's a, there's a point you're trying to make and yes. if you're making a point you you got to get your counterpart to understand what you're talking about and if you're not clear and articulate in giving out opinions then it'll be just an uh, it'll be more of a it'll be more of an imposition yes. you see so no one, no one is, is, is ever obligated to take your opinion for a fact because it's an opinion. Yes, everyone so, has one. <laughs> you see, everyone has one. And, and it's very, very easy to develop an opinion based on the experiences one has, has gone through. And uh, this is it. I mean, you, when you understand where opinions come from and how people develop opinions, as a, in, as a result, people develop opinions as a result of... of of, of their own interaction with the outside world and their angle, you know, their outlook on life. And so the way you see stuff and the way I do uh, are not the same. Yes. Because we don't come from the same place, we haven't uh, went through, or we haven't gone through, I'm sorry, through, through the same, same struggles, the same in environment, the same stuff. And therefore, we will always have different uh, views. Yes. And yes, and so for a person to actually expre express their opinion in the most eloquent way, they have to choose their ideas very carefully. They, they don't have to, they have to, to be neutral. They use their opinion neutrally. And one should always consider that there, there might be a chance their opinion is wrong. Yes. I think openness is a key. Yes, it's key. Opin openness is a key and flexibility, of course. Yes. Flexibility. Willingness to change. So I think it's an interesting concept, you <laughs> yes. know, being willing to change your opinion. Especially I mean, cutting angles as well. Yes, yes. I mean, how would you, how would you ever, how, how would you ever grow mentally if you're not open to learning? Yes. Stuff from others. So it's not an opinion clash. It's not a clash of minds. It's a, It's two people trying to make sense, and and if. A person makes more sense than you do, then I think you could express your opinion in how much you believe they did a good job. You see, I mean that's an opinion yes. too. So if I have an opinion, you have an opinion, and then I see that yours makes more sense. They can I can change my opinion into you make more sense, and I think I'll I'll incorporate it. I'll take it. I'll embrace it. You know, I'll make it mine for a while because 
I believe knowledge in general, or opinions are uh, part of translation. Yes, yes. translation of what we know. Yes. And what we know is, is not our own creation. We're exposed to, to knowledge. Yes. At some point, we're vehicles that just transport knowledge yes. from, from one to another. And, and at some point, I think we don't, we don't have to be entitled to that. You know? We don't, we don't mm -hmm. have to, to take ownership of our opinion because it's not yours. Yes. At the end of the day, your opinion is not your opinion. Even the language you use. Is Even the language you ideas use. Is so you own nothing. Literally, you own nothing. Definitely. And if you yes. own nothing, then you, you shouldn't you shouldn't have any any defense mechanism. You shouldn't defend it that 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 uh, that aggressively. Yes. You know? They say an opinion. Here's the thing. An opinion is the ring you put on the finger. It is not the finger. Mm -hmm. So it's not necessary to exist. Yes. Get it? The uh -huh, finger. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You see, the finger is the origin. Yes. And the finger, you can change the finger anytime you want. Anytime it feels uncomfortable. The ring it doesn't yes. make sense. You, you change the ring. Mm -hmm. So the opinion is the ring, and it's not the finger. You can come today without an opinion. Yeah, there you go. So you can do without it. There's no problem. Yes, unless you're married. So but you can, that's yes, a problem. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> but you can't do it. <laughs> that's a good one. Yes. Unless, uh, but but you can't do without your your, yes, your mind. You see. True. So your mind is, is a... So it's the accessory. Opinions are is the an accessory. accessory. So you can do with that. There's no problem. That, that if, if you can't really express yourself to, to, to the best of your capacity, and there's no way you... And there's no need for you to actually... Well, there is a need for that, but there is no need for a person to really be... to exaggerate the need for, for them to be able to express their opinions. Mm -hmm, yes. You just have to debate to the best of your capacity. And if you get it, it's fine. If you don't get it, it's all... It's, also it's fine, fine as well. you know, you, you're learning, you think, yes. you can strike so many times until you learn that you don't have to strike again. <laughs> yes. yes, I mean, that's a, that's a good overview of uh, opinions as well. Yeah. Uh, I believe it goes beyond the, beyond the fact that we need to prove something right or wrong. It goes with um, the, necess the necessity of opinions being carriages of knowledge and that's uh, ideas as well. Because mm -hmm. uh, I see something in our culture, and I believe it's an ego problem, is that whenever we debate, we, we, we dislike to lose. We despise losing in, any, in mm -hmm. everything. Yes. So if I prove my opinion, it doesn't, even if my opinion is wrong, and I prove it to you using this way or another way, I'm really you know, content about myself. And this is something I really dislike, is that whenever we debate, we don't debate about the... the we don't debate to add value. We just debate to prove yes. exactly. We debate to prove the other person's opinion is wrong or our opinion is right. So there's no higher goal. Yes, no and we listen to reply only. We don't listen to understand. Maybe this person has something interesting to, right, to give right. me. Maybe I'm going to add, use the, the, the information he gave me and add on it. Activism. We don't. We don't really. Yes, we're Activism. not actively. We don't active listen at all. Yes, I know. Yes. I know. That's a, and it's a powerful, it's a powerful tool to use, you know, to develop uh, saner and, and let's say more elaborate opinions. I think if, if the people are aware of it, if they're, they're aware enough yes. about this, I think they're, they're going to use it every time they talk. And they, I think they say uh, the loudest in the room is the weakest in the room. I think most people who are, if you ever meet two people debating and you find that someone is, is screaming more than the other one, it feels that the other one is trying to learn more about the other's opinion. Mm -hmm. You see that he's trying to make sense of what the, guy, the other guy is saying. And, and the other guy bursting in, in words, I think, uh, 
most of the people compensate the validity of their opinion by speaking a lot or screaming. Yes. And, and so if you find yourself screaming or trying to, to stress your words, using a lot of words, that means that your opinion is not really, really that, yes. that solid. And so I, I think the, the more certain about what you're saying you are, the less words you're going to use and the more listening you're going to implement. And it, it goes without saying. I think. Yes, definitely. So the fifth question is how to overcome anxiety. Well, <clears throat> we're not therapists. We can't really we give really psychological can't. consultation. But then, but we can we can suggest that a a person needs to generally a person that asks a question like this that hasn't found answers, and, and that's why they're they're, they're looking for other answers, and that is understood. And I think, I think. Uh, we need to locate the source of the because most people don't understand why they're anxious. Mm -hmm. Why? What is it that's, that's making you anxious? Is it is it something emotional? Is it something mental? Is it is it something you don't have? Is it something you want to have and you can't? Is it what is what you got to locate the source? Yes, you need to find the source for 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 your discomfort that later became anxiety, and then once you put your hands on that, I think you could just deal with it, understand it, accept it, and I think it'll just wash away, it'll just go, it'll just go on, on its own. And one, one more thing is talking about it, I think it's a very, very interesting, effective. yes, it's a very effective way. You need to talk to someone you trust about this, about the stuff that are not making you feel okay, and I think the more you do that, the more often you do that, the more comfortable you feel. You don't talk about them just to, to, to decompress, just to unwind. You talk about them uh, to, to debate them, to, mm -hmm. to be open to, to criticism maybe, to be constructive, constructive one, of course. And I think the more talking you do, more productive talking you do about what makes you uncomfortable, the, the more insights you have in, in how you're going to get rid of it. Yes. That's, I think, our... our wisdom to share but uh, anything else I think should be addressed by someone who's a professional yes. in the field who understands really where everything stems out of. I mean I had uh, social anxiety for, for a while when mm. I was 19 to 20, 21. Is that the, the, the most dangerous thing about it is that it creates a circle of comfort around you. Oh, that's And yes. then it consumes you slowly. Uh -huh, uh -huh. Consumes you like little bites. Yes, consumes you until you find yourself in a state of trance. You don't know why the hell this is happening. Why am I still in this place? Other people are doing things, but but I'm not doing this because I'm still in my own cycle, trying to figure out answers to one simple question: why this is happening. And so I had to force myself. I why had I had to force myself. I don't know if this is going to work for others. Should. But then I had to force myself. More activity is the answer. Mm. I, so, we suggested that earlier. Yes. I mean, we said, we said you, you need to find what you struggle with. Anything that you struggle with. Mm -hmm. And you fight the hell out of it. I think it's a problem of awareness. A lot of people are not aware of what, what caused the problem. But This the, is what you said first. You need to understand what causes the problem. Locate where the problem is. Where the problem is. And you can only locate it by... by sensing where you are the most uncomfortable because mm -hmm. you're not just it's yeah, not it's easy clear. for you to, to understand where, yeah. where the problem comes from but you can understand it when you feel the most challenged 
That is, if it's emotional, then you're going to understand it's emotional when you are severely uncomfortable when it comes to emotional stuff. Yes, I totally agree because I was really insecure about my physical, my body. So I had to work on it. My point is, you find your discomfort and make it better. Yes. Be comfortable with that. Not accept it and leave it as it is, but be comfortable with the fact okay. that you, you have certain I was really skinny, so this, is, this was my problem. I, you know, the, most, the problem that caused me anxiety, to, you know, terminable episodic sequences, mm -hmm. it can't really stop. So I had to, I figured it was the problem, so I attacked the problem there. Very good. And then it was perfect. After 90 days, I believe, it was I think, I think you should share more about that yes. with people. I mean, yeah. It would be, be very helpful. So, question number six, what's the most challenging problem you have ever faced and how did you get over it? You just talked about yours, now yes. it's time to talk about <laughs> yeah. mine. Sure. I, I think growing is my, uh, or has always been, not has always been, but it was my, my major problem. Growing into myself, mm -hmm. that is becoming the, the person I am challenging all the odds and, and, and you know when I was younger I, I used to ask a lot of questions to my to my environment about me making it in the future so I lived in a place where not a lot of hope was around you know yes and so I was destined to be someone else and, and, and I was asking the right questions for, for these people and for the people around me you know parents family members everyone friends and, and they would always answer me with it's impossible you know mm -hmm. they, they made everything sound impossible and seem impossible and I think it was a great mountain to climb. It was, I think, the biggest mountain to climb in, 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 in my uh, situation. And I defied all odds, you know. I, I made it in, in every, I don't want to brag, but I, I feel like I succeeded in everything I wanted to do. Mm -hmm. Because I, I found that everyone, I, 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 I didn't want to live my life through other people's experiences. Yes. And so it was very difficult because I didn't have any mentorship. I didn't have any guidance. Nobody told you. you know, nobody told me what to do. So I had to do it on my own. And so self-making is, is quite a process. And, and it took me a lot of years to actually get there. And I'm, I'm really proud I, I, I made it so far. You know, I, I, made, I made it this far. And the, 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 the path is still really long. We're working on it mm -hmm. towards greater, greater success, greater being, greater achievements, yes. greater everything, greater awareness, greater everything. And I think now I, I have a clearer picture that, than I than I had when I was in. Yeah, your vision is clear. Yes, my vision is clear. I know where I'm going, and I I know what's uh, right for me and what's not. And, and I believe I'm I'm taking the steps necessary for for my uh, natural growth and everything. And so that was the, the, the major, I think, mountain to climb. And I did climb it through just perseverance, mm -hmm. consistency, and going swimming against the current. I see. And so I swam against the current with a billion techniques, you know. Mm -hmm. And uh, I, I just, I don't know how I made it, but I, but I did through consistency and per, per, discipline, perseverance. I didn't have the same uh, luxuries. I didn't have the same uh, access to you know access to stuff that the people had you know didn't didn't used to do as much you know yes. used to work on myself only mm -hmm. and, and and that's all 
Another major uh, way, big problem was trying to make it, see, making it from A to B. It has always been a problem, you know, me finding the way from A to B. I have a plan to be this person or to get this thing by this time. And there's never a, a clear plan, you know. Mm -hmm. And I always designed something, you know, that I think I grew up with the concept of having to challenge myself every time. I don't really need a design for anything. I just have to yes. challenge myself into making it. And I'll make it. Sometimes it takes me long. Sometimes it takes me a short time. But I, I made it eventually. Yes. You know, I can make it eventually. Sure. So there are a lot of stuff right now, for example, that I envision for myself. And every time I talk to people, they still give me the same answers. And they're like, you're a dreamer. Yeah. You're never going to make it. A lot of stuff like that. And, and, I, and, I, and I'm baffled, you know, by how consistent the people are in trying to bring you down and, and which is which is part of what the what the environment does you know it tries to suck you in you know in the process yes. it keeps you there and um, to, to actually wrap this up I divide people in two categories the people who are changed by society and the people who change society and I decided a long time ago to be one of those and I mm. I don't want to change the whole society but I'm willing to change those around me with the best that I can, you know, the best of my capacity. And I do it uh, every day, every second, and uh, my environment is, is very fruitful too, you know. They, they add value to my life, and, and I think it's, it's, it's going in, in the right direction. And hopefully everyone finds that. Once, yes. once you find that peace, it's a lot of stuff to talk peace about. Peace with man. yourself, yes. Yes, inner peace, Especially, they call it. Especially, yes, inner peace. You're, you're peaceful with what you're doing and how you're doing it, and you're very, very adamant, you know. You understand that stuff takes time. So, peace, and I suggest the recipe is inner peace, patience, perseverance, consistency, and most importantly, most importantly, I think it's faith. Mm -hmm. You know, having faith that you're going to, the absolute certainty you're going to make it. I think we're designed more like computers, you know, we have algorithms. Yes. And, and thoughts are, are, are numbers, they're frequencies. And <laughs> yes. I, I think and the more certain you are about your thought, the, the more likely you are to attract what, what you want. Law of attraction. Not so a lot of people believe in it. Yes. I mean, yeah. You're it going to attract an opportunity sooner or later. Maybe you see it, maybe you don't, but the opportunity is going to be there anyways. And, uh, this just reminds me of a story I had with a, with a friend of mine recently. I told him I need to change the parameters of my law of attraction because I'm attracting things that I'm not supposed yeah, to. Yeah, I'm not yeah. supposed to. And then I changed them and I started to attract things that actually fit my cup. Yes, yes. I think that's what a prayer does religiously, you know. Yes. You see, prayers serve the same thing. You yes. Know? You see, God tells everyone to be certain they're going to be helped. And once they are, they are going to be helped. And I think it's the concept of, yes. of, of faith, you know. You being certain you're going to have what you want to have and you're going to make it, you're going to succeed, you're going to... And I think once, once you have enough of that, I think you're salvaged, you're, you're saved. So people should start trying some of that. Mm -hmm. You know, yes. get drunk on that. Apologize for the word, but you need to be high on life, high on certainty. Mm -hmm. You see? You that need you need, yeah. Really get high on certainty. I really am certain I'm going to make it. Don't know how, but I am. But then, yeah. You see? And then you're trying every day. You're stabbing at it every day. You're punching at it every day. Mm -hmm. You know, that's the fun. That's life. Surf the wave. It is life, man. That's It revolves around that. Life is not sleeping, you know, or 
staying in the corner, feeling victimized about the stuff that are happening around you, you know, get up and, and do something about yes, it. Yes, get up and, and, and just do something, whatever it is. Take a walk, man. Talk to somebody. Start a project. You know, get a schedule. Get exercise. Get some stuff, you know, do, do things. The more you do, it doesn't matter how micro they are. It doesn't matter how small they are. I think they, at some point, you're going to discipline yourself. You're going to program yourself to be, uh, say, always active. Mm -hmm. So we're, we're not made. We haven't come to this life to spend it passively. Mm -hmm. I believe so. Yes. The questions are really interesting. Thank they you are. very much once again. So, uh, question number seven. Why do people fall out of love? This is an easy one, I think. I think a lot of people understand why that happens. Mm. How about you? Uh, I see it differently because the concept of love is really complicated to explain to begin with. So, uh, someone who falls in love, it means they weren't in love in the first place. Mm. And as love being a complex of a concept that includes many other elements, it's really difficult to understand the depth of it. Mm -hmm. Because people associate love with, with lust, some people associate it with affection, some people associate it with longing to someone, some people, people associate it too many things. This is associated to security, this, well, in fact, it's a compilation of a lot of things. Mm -hmm. So when we come to understanding of what love is made of, is it made of respect mostly? Is it made of compassion? Is it made of mutual understanding? Is it made of trust? Is it made... We get to the, 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 the resolute conclusion that love is meant to stay for eternity. And it, we sh both of us, like we made an agreement Two people made an agreement to stay in the same lane as on the same lane of what they called love for eternity because this is how it's supposed to be and this, that's why a lot of people find it difficult to commit to others because they think that someone is going to come and then is going to take over and then you know chapters swiped and mm -hmm. start from scratch mm -hmm. so th that's why a lot of people are left heartbroken because they don't really understand what is love exactly? But do, do you really think that people should define it? Define it and learn about it? Uh, I'm, pre I'm a bit systematic, so I. Um, but then for emotions, they, I don't think they should be identified, but then they should be understood. They but shouldn't be defined, but then they should be understood. Like, I need to understand that what I'm feeling is something that stays longer than what it actually is. Did I, you understand me? It's I do. A bit I do. profound. I do. <laughs> I do. Yes. I'll, I'll simplify. Yeah, I believe you have more experience than me in that regard. Or you're trying to <laughs> sully my <laughs> reputation or something. <laughs> All right. So, so I think we'll, we'll begin with a sentence that will explain everything. Mm -hmm. The sentence says that love or, you know, love in any relationship is more like an edifice. Mm -hmm. So, that should be rebuilt every day. I see. An edifice, a, a house, a structure that should be rebuilt every day. It should be regenerated every day. Mm -hmm. And I think this is what, what not a lot of people really... We understand 
that love is static. I see. So if I love you, I'll always love you mm. because that's what love is. Yes. But the truth is, it's not like that because we, we love people for the micro stuff they do for us. It's never for the big things they do. Mm-hmm. It's mostly the little details. I see. Yeah, no, the little details that happen almost every day. I think a lot of people talk about it. The best that talked about this, I think, is Simon Sinek. I think this is the guy that, that's worth listening to about this, this, this matter. But I'll give you a little, a little insight. And so a relationship that's, uh, that starts with, with, with love, I think, should be protected. In a way, it should be maintained. A better example is, you want to be in shape. Mm-hmm. And you are in shape now. Yes. Right. How do you keep in shape? Because I love doing what I'm doing. Yeah, but what do you do? I exercise. You work out. Yes. So if you don't work out? Then you're not going to be in shape. So your shape is going to? Dependent on the exercise. So it deteriorates. Yes. You know, across time. Yeah. So, for example, it's going to take you, if you stop exercising today, three months from now... I'll be back to zero. Exactly. So, yes. you'll lose a lot of it. And love functions the same way, too. Mm-hmm. Nice. feels like That's a lot a of nice people love, love each other. Yes, a lot of people love each other, and, and they start their first, especially in marriage. They. Yeah, this they, is what I want to understand. How does it function in marriage? It functions like this. Oh, that's a different concept, and we're going to get to it. Mm-hmm. They start... The, Marriage is regarded in so many places and by so many people as an end of something, when in reality it's a beginning of something else. Mm-hmm. You know? And so, the concepts of, 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 of love and a lot of stuff of, of relation matters will change. Because from the point of being together in a house on, all the standards will change. Mm-hmm. The missing standards will change. The love standards will change. The chats will change. You know, how much time you give to each other on the phone will change. So, mm-hmm. so many things will change. And so you start working on your relationship in different way, face to face. Right. And so what I'm trying to say is that it, when, when you love someone and someone loves you, mm-hmm. you keep working on that love to actually grow, not dwindle, not reduce, not decrease. Mm-hmm. So if you capitalize, capitalize, but if you believe that somebody loves you, and they will always love you, regardless of what you do, then you just lost the partner. I see, yes. See what I'm trying to say? Mm-hmm. And so you gotta work on it every day. Every day, this would be a gesture that, that is a reminder that this love should grow mm-hmm. instead of just be static, you know? He I loves see. me. Well, he so said, it takes investment. It takes a lot of it, a lot. I think the most investment. Mm-hmm. A lot of concession, a lot of understanding, a lot of being there for, for the other person. And you see, it's the same as business. When you want it to grow, you're going to give it a this lot of your time. Say. Yes, you're going to give it a lot of time, a lot of a lot of money. You invest more. <coughs> Excuse me. And so, if you want your relationship to grow, you need to invest higher, more every day. So if you, if if yesterday you said I love you one time, I think today you should say it twice, mm-hmm. and, and the third day you should say it three times differently. And then four times, and that's how it goes. You say it through actions, you say it through this, you say it through that. It's a lot of practice. It is a lot of work, and because, but it's worth it. It's worth yes, it. Because yes. what you get in, in, in the end is what we... Then you, you get... I don't know. You get... You, 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 Something that stays. Here's the thing. 
It's not the love that stays, but it is you, your addiction to how it feels that will keep it alive. Mm-hmm, yeah. See what I'm trying yeah, to say? Yeah, yeah. So you get to a point yeah, where, awesome. where you're addicted to doing this. Yes. You see when, when you're always successful in business and you're getting a lot of money? Yeah. So you're the happy. Return on investment. You're happy, Roy, yes. yes. You're happy because you worked and you got. And so in a relationship of love, that's what happens exactly. Mm-hmm. If you're investing and investing and investing, it's working, of course. Sometimes you're a bad investor. Sometimes mm-hmm. you're, you're, you're a bad decision maker. So it's not, this is what I want to correct for everyone is that it's not always that you make a decision to actually add to somebody, to somebody else's life mm-hmm. or to show them that you love them, that you're doing it the right way. You need to understand who you are with your partner, what they need, what they don't, and try to work on those. You try to make them better. Because I think a true person, woman or man, you know, are the best when they make the other partner better, not when they expect the other partner to make them better. Yeah, yeah, so we should be active in everything, you know, proactive, not reactive. So proactive all the time. I'm not gonna expect my wife to make me a better man. Well, that's a given, but I'll always be the man that's gonna make her mm-hmm. a better woman. That's what it is. And if I do it long enough, she's going to learn mm. that that's the example. Discussions, conversations. There are a lot of stuff to talk. I mean, I think we should we should have a whole episode yes. to talk about, about this. That, yeah. To talk about the details of, of we talk about the nature of men, the nature of women, and, and what works with men, what works yes. with women. I think I Pretty think this is a yeah. great topic and yeah. a lot of people would be interested in, in learning we'll about this. Note it. Yes. We will note it, yes. Uh-huh. So uh, the final question is how can you overcome fear? Fear is just another, another emotion. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just a, I think you should, you should, we shouldn't regard fear as, as a problem. I think that's the first step. First step is not regard fear as a problem. It's just part of you reacting to something you don't know. Yes. De- definition. Yes. Fear is a reaction, a chemical reaction something to something. You don't know. You don't know, and when we don't, when we don't have information, when we're dealing with the unknown, the translation of not being able to deal with that is called fear. Yes. So how do you get over that? So say I, I want to jump off of a plane, mm-hmm. parachuting or skydiving, right? Now I've I've seen people skydive a lot of times. Yes. But I just can't do it myself because I'm afraid of heights. Say, I don't have a. a what do you call it, a phobia, yes. but, but I'm afraid of heights. I, I don't feel comfortable when, when I'm at a, high, at a high place. And again, it takes us back to the first topic we had, which is, is you find what you struggle with. So fear is the actual obstacle that you have. It's just another obstacle that you have to face. Yes. You, can, you, you will never get rid of fear if you don't face what you're afraid of. I'm afraid of the unknown. I'll always jump into the unknown. Higher risks, higher benefits, higher yes. risks. You know, and so if I'm afraid of the dark, I'm gonna turn off the light and sing until the morning. You know, mm-hmm. that's what I'm what I'm gonna have to do for for as many times as possible until the darkness is is my comfort. Yes. You see, and that's how how it goes. And then and and then this is it. If I'm afraid of, of driving, then I need to drive one time. You know, have a minor accident once, twice, three times, and then I drive. Mm-hmm. So if it's I'm, just facing it. It's just uh, being, is, is it, is putting, forcing yourself, is it because yourself is, is, is your responsibility, mm-hmm. in, other, in other words. So you're, you're the guide. 
You're the one that decides what, what actually is good for it or not. And you're always a winner. Yes. I think people should start to operate with, with themselves being always a winner, even if they lose, you know. Yes. Even if they lose, that's, that's a win. I tried. Mm -hmm. Today I know more about this than, than I knew yesterday. Yes. So say I want to try something today and I, and I fail. It's okay. I failed, but now I have an experience. I know what to deal with next time. And if I fail again, then I'm going to learn something mm -hmm. new. You see? So this is it. There's no losing or, or, or failing. There's just a, have a lesson or a blessing. You see? Mm -hmm. A blessing would be you succeeding, winning. And a lesson is when you fail. Mm -hmm. and so you combine three to four to ten lessons together and they become a blessing. True, yes. And I, I think maybe a lot of people would say that talk is cheap. You're just talking about it. You don't yeah. know what, what my life is like. And, and I understand that. But then again, you don't know my life. You see what I'm trying to say? And, and I don't know yours. And, and we don't have insight into, into, into what, what and how people are, are living. It's theory by Alfred Adler. Mm -hmm. Etiology. So he created a new concept in psychology. He named it etiology. etiology yes. Is that, for example, whatever we are living is a product of our own ideas and it's a choice? Definitely. If I you're agree. afraid, it's your choice. If you're anxious, it's your choice. If you're happy, it's your choice. I agree. If you're feeling anything, it's your choice. I agree. I completely agree with the guy. It makes yeah. sense. It makes a lot of sense. And he gave, he gave an idea. He gave an example of a guy who, for example, who's really anxious whenever he comes to push the threshold to, to leave the room. He has kind of kind of trepidations and his pulse raises and he starts to sweat and things like that. Whenever he closes the door, it's, everything it's goes back to normal. So he says, it's your choice to go and get really stressed, opening the door, but then it's your choice again to go back to the room. Exactly. So you created this kind of, this entire hell that makes you really comfortable. Exactly. Because it's really easy for you to create things that are comfortable to you than to... It's a disease, man. I keep saying this to everyone. It's a disease. Comfort is a disease. You know, we, we've been taught wrong <laughs> yes. all, all our lives, you know. All my life, I have believed that I, I'm, I'm working towards a goal to be comfortable. Mm -hmm. You know, I want to be comfortable. Let me relax a little bit. Let me, it's, let me it's, have... It's cultural. Exactly, exactly. And so I think we, we shouldn't be comfortable because we should be comfortable with being uncomfortable and I think that is the ultimate comfort zone. Mm -hmm. Being comfortable with everything. I see. Infinite. Comfort with discomfort. Because if I'm comfortable with me being comfortable, and comfortable with me being uncomfortable, then I am infinitely comfortable. Then my, my comfort zone is everything I do. Yes. <laughs> yes, makes sense. There's a quote that I would like to close with, and that quote says, they asked me, they told me I could be or I could be anything I wanted, so mm -hmm. I became everything. And I think this should be thought through for, for a while, yes. our, our dear listeners. I think it's about time we, we left. So yes, I believe we need to close because the, 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 the maximum time recording segment is 60 minutes. We are at the mark of 55 minutes.
So uh, thank you for being here uh, once again, Mr. Bajir. Thank you. If you have an announcement for those who uh, want to, who are listening in regards to the school, in regards to... Uh, we'll, we always welcome people to the school. It's the Nest English School, Chamonix, Place du Premier May. And I think, you, I, I think you will really enjoy a, let's say, uh, a trial session where you, you're going to discover a lot about English and about life, should you want to. Uh, we are open all week from Saturday to Friday. So welcome anytime you want, guys, and uh, we'll be right here waiting for you. All right. Thank you, Mr. Bashir. Uh, all right. So I believe this is it. I, the, the, the episode was really interesting. The questions were really interesting. We, exp interesting. we expect more or similar questions to this, and I hope you're going to enjoy the episode. Uh, so if you have any questions, reach out to the Nest English School uh, Instagram. If you have any questions for me or suggestions in terms of topic, reach out to my personal account and listen, share, and like. Thank you.